Welcome to the St. Gabriel Catholic Radio Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for the first full week of July and on the Church calendar, the 14th week of Ordinary Time. Welcome, Your Excellency. Thank you very much. Happy summertime. Yes, it's been uh, quite warm out, and I understand this week you're visiting folks. I am. I'm on Long Island. It's a chance for me to uh, get a little bit of a rest, which I think is something we all need to do to be renewed and refreshed, but also to visit with my parents and with my the rest of the family. Um, and uh, if if there's a view of the ocean, I won't mind that if I can get down that way as well. <laughs> <laughs> it is good to uh, renew and um, get some rest. Um, last uh, Sunday... Uh, we had the second reading, which uh, Paul admitted that he was weak and that he had to acknowledge that weakness. He did, and in acknowledging that weakness, he really opened himself to God's grace in a, in a very powerful way. He, even more than his weakness, he 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 said he 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 spoke about his weakness, but he he says, and you know, I had this thorn in my flesh, and I prayed three times asking the Lord to remove it, and He said no. I mean, isn't that interesting? God God always answers our prayers, but maybe not exactly according to our plan. And then God said, your weakness is my strength. I'm going to be working through your weakness. And uh, so, so in a sense, what Paul thought was an affliction turned out to be a real grace, turned out to be a way that God was accomplishing things beyond St. Paul's greatest imagination. Paul wasn't just a messenger for his day. Paul turned out to be an apostle for the ages, right? Mm. So God accomplished amazing things precisely through Paul's weakness. Paul's weakness allowed God's grace to work through him. And I know sometimes in our own prayer life, it can be a little frustrating when things don't go the way we would like them to go, or when we feel like we're asking for something and it doesn't seem to be coming through. And maybe... The thing is to say to the Lord, Lord, what is it that you're, you are accomplishing here? Let's be honest. Keep praying for what we're asking. Keep asking for the Lord's help and make our intentions known. Um, it may be that the Lord is asking some patience while he does some other kind of a work within us, or it may be that um, God's doing something else that we may or may not be able to see. Um, I doubt Paul could have envisioned himself being read at Mass every Sunday, <laughs> 2,000 <laughs> years later, right? But so, but, um, but the Lord, God, Jesus asks us to put all of our needs before God, so we keep at it, keep at it, don't give up. But while we're at it, ask the Lord for the grace. You know, we always remember how Jesus taught us, be our Father, thy will be done kingdom come. In the end, prayer is putting it all into God, and then asking the Lord for the grace to be able to recognize what He is saying to us. With the Apostle Paul, uh, since your installation as the Bishop of the Diocese of Columbus on March 29th, 2019, you've invited all of us to be uh, proclaimers of the Word of God, much like Paul and much like the early Church. We are in an age very similar in that um, the world is not buying into the Christian uh, belief system. No, and, you know, 
there's an there's a good example of what Paul was praying for and how God was answering him. Um, you know, there's an interesting book, and we'll have a chance to talk about it over these next couple of weeks, called From Christendom to Apostolic Mission. And it's put out by St. Mary Seminary, um, and it's a real look at the situation in the world today and um, and how things are changing and then how we need to adapt to meet those changes. So so um, in this book, it talks about how yeah, we many of us grew up in a culture that not was it wasn't perfect. Don't get me wrong; it, it had its flaws, and not that everybody practiced their faith, but the genuine general underlyings of culture had a Christian vision. You know, there were certain assumptions, a certain vocabulary, a certain way of thinking, or that that we would make. That's not the case today, and in a sense, it's today's world is more like that of the apostolic age, when the apostles were proclaiming the gospel for the very first time. Um, and, you know, there's always a sense, a temptation for a longing the old days, a sense of longing for that sense of Christendom, because there was a security in that, there was a comfort in that. But maybe the Lord is going to be speaking to us and through us in this new age, and you know, we might pray, Lord, take this away from me. Let's go back to the way it was. And I'd like it to very much. I certainly want to promote the Christian values in our society. We can't give up on that. But maybe what the Lord is calling us to is an apostolic mission to recognize that there is a new need, a new era, and He's going to give us the grace to be faithful and to be effective in this new era. And the author talks a lot about um, how we need to use our words and uh, our thinking, even though uh, it, he's talking not about more books or more book knowledge, um, but that many people just can't connect with the Christian message. Right. The vocabulary isn't there. The experience isn't there. And uh, we can go more into depth on that in future conversations, but... It, for now, it's sufficient to say we just can't make those assumptions. We have to. We have to. We can't just assume that everybody will understand what we mean when we use the Christian vocabulary. We have to keep using it, but we also have to keep illustrating, um, explaining it, um, and living it. And you know, we begin all, all, all through the ages. We begin with joy. We begin with the the joy of the gospel, never compromising on the splendor of truth, but the joy of the gospel, splendor of truth, I say this all the time, same thing. And we begin with the joy that comes from the encounter with Jesus Christ. So we, we start at the beginning. We start at the beginning, and that's that relationship with Jesus. The book, uh, From Christendom to Apostolic Mission, Pastoral Strategies for an Apostolic Age, um, talks about the power of not only a witness, but also strategy. And I know in the Diocese of Columbus, you've coupled both of those so that um, God can be made more present with more people. Exactly. And so we, we have our real presence, real future. And, you know, we, we kind of started on a different track before that book was published. But these things all dovetail. Again, you see in, in, in instances of God's grace. So it's real presence, real future. 
we begin with the encounter with Jesus, the encounter with Jesus in the sacraments, particularly in the Eucharist and in reconciliation. But now we need to start to look at strategies that can help us to stay rooted in the Eucharist and help us to speak the beauty, the joy of that, that Eucharistic encounter to others. So we'll be moving now to a new stage to, to look at some of those apostolic strategies. There's a real boldness in St. Paul, isn't there? And isn't there a boldness there of our own time? There is. There, there always was a certain boldness. And, uh, but his boldness, you know, boldness requires humility. Because if boldness is about me, then that's just being brash. But when, it's, when we're proclaiming Jesus, when it's the gospel, then it's boldness. There's a Greek word called parasia, and it's the boldness that came from the Holy Spirit. So, mm. and, and so we look at that, and, and we say, you know, we, we strive, but it comes, as Paul learned in the reading we heard today, from knowing Jesus Christ and from accepting that it might not go my way. Paul, Paul's temptation was in the boldness to say, I'm proclaiming Christ, and I know what I have to do. I'm going to do it my way. Paul learned that his bold, in, his, in, the, in the humility side of the boldness to let Jesus do it his way and to let himself be an instrument. And in that case, he, he was able to say, as we hear him say so many times, I boast of nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Mm. So maybe we do the same. God bless us all and help us, right? Yes, yes, and and this is a quote from the book uh, that they're quoting of Pope uh, Saint John Paul. I'm sorry, Saint Paul the Sixth. Uh, Modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers, and yes. if he does listen to teachers, it is because they are witnesses. Exactly. What do you see exactly. as the difference between a witness and a teacher? Well. Yeah. I, I, I say this, I, I don't mean to alienate any teachers, because I think teachers are very important. <laughs> but teachers have something that they impart, right? So you think of a math teacher, you just relay material. But a witness lives that material. A witness encounters Jesus, and it's not pedantic, it's not, I'm telling you what you need to know. But a witness is, I'm showing you the joy of living the splendor of truth. Mm. And there's an authenticity in a witness. You know, um, there's, a, there's an attractiveness in a witness. There's an invitation in a witness. You know, um, you don't invite somebody in, in, into the Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> you impart it. <laughs> <laughs> that is but, beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. And and to be a witness, uh, the central part of that witness is uh, prayer and the sacraments. Right. It's always being rooted, like, like Paul, always being rooted. I prayed, I prayed, and I prayed, he says. Yep. And then I listened. You see, he prayed, he asked, he asked, he asked, but then I listened. And God said to me, my grace is sufficient to you. Nope, not doing it your way. My mm-hmm. grace will be sufficient Bishop Brennan, could you close us with your prayer and blessing? 
Sure, why don't we pray as Jesus taught us, offering that prayer, thy will be done. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And let's all be that joyful witness today. Thank you for joining us today for the Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress. <laughs> 